Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio. Devil's State of Mind podcast, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out greatly greatly appreciated folks we've gotten through the draft and we have a lot to talk about obviously we got to talk about what the devils did in the 2022 nhl draft we're also going to be bringing out basically some news and notes some big news and notes that don't necessarily involve the devils but could have potentially involved the devils we're also going to be talking about jesper brett we did get an update with him We'll go over basically the entire Devils draft class. And then we're also going to preview some potential free agency as well as trade options. Because this will be the episode that will come out just before the start of free agency, which will be this upcoming Wednesday. It's going to come very quickly, ladies and gentlemen. So buckle up. This this July 13th, 2022, be the start of the NHL free agency. We'll also talk a little bit about the New Jersey Devils development camp. For the first time since 2019, the Devils will be having development camp, and we'll talk about who is going to be attending this one and what we could potentially see. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll kick things off with the NHL slash Devils news and notes. So just kind of get into this right away. So 
This past Wednesday, the Devils made an announcement. They named Kate Madigan the assistant general manager of the New Jersey Devils. Madigan becomes the first female assistant general manager in New Jersey Devils franchise history and the sixth in National Hockey League history. Now, let me give you a little bit of background as to what Madigan's role is going to be and how she got to this point. First and foremost, Madigan will serve as part of the small group that Fitzgerald will lean on for key input strategy and decision-making, which includes roster construction at the pro level and amateur levels, transactions, hockey personnel decisions, team operations, facilities, management, budget, and as part of the team's management travel party. So she will work with Tom Fitzgerald. She'll work with Martin Brodeur. She'll work with Dan McKinnon. All of these guys, as they will be a collective effort. And this was something that Tom Fitzgerald had talked about really early on when he was named the general manager of the New Jersey Devils, that he wanted this to be a group effort. He wanted to be a collective effort. He didn't want to be the guy where it's like, it's my way or the highway. He wanted to get as many people and as many good hockey people as possible within the organization to all bring in ideas and come together to obviously build what we're hoping for, a consistent championship franchise. Now, here's some background on Madigan. Madigan is promoted from her role as executive director of hockey management slash operations, which she was in since the fall of 2020. She pre previously served as assistant player information slash video from 2017 to 2019 and was director of pro scouting operations for two seasons in the 2019-2020 as well as 2020 21 seasons. Previously, Madigan oversaw the scheduling and reports for the pro scouting staff while working with the coaches, management, and video staff throughout the year. She orchestrated the logistics regarding the 2020 and 2021 NHL draft and the Devils Draft Command Center in the Prudential Center, including communicating with building operations, information technology, medical staffs, scouts, management, media relations, and the National Hockey League. So Kate Madigan has had a lot of experience, particularly with the New Jersey Devils. You can see, you can clearly hear that she's had, she's worn many hats over the last couple of years, and she has certainly earned the opportunity to now be an assistant general manager. This puts her in a really good spot to potentially be possibly the first general manager, first female general manager National Hockey League history down the road. I also do want to point out that Kate Madigan actually announced the second overall pick for the New Jersey Devils this year. She spoke French. She was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And it's great that uh, a woman like her is getting another, is getting an opportunity like this. We've talked about these things before and how great it is that women are being more and more respected in the world of sports and certainly in the game of hockey. And when you look at the New Jersey Devils, this type of move doesn't surprise me because, again, it goes based off of what Tom Fitzgerald has talked about over time, getting the best hockey people and just the best minds possible. And all of these people, including Kate, are working collectively to building this New Jersey Devils organization. Now, after Kate Madigan was announced as the assistant general manager of the New Jersey Devils, our good friend and also former guest of the Devils State of Mind podcast, Ryan Norzinski of NJ.com. He had the opportunity to ask a couple of questions to the new assistant general manager of the team. One of the things that was really kind of interesting was the assistant coach situation, because that's one of the many things that we have still yet to 
fully finalized going into next season. And Madigan spoke about it and said it has been thorough. It has been very, very, it's been a very long list, but it's coming down to the nitty gritty where they're getting to the point within the next maybe week or two, the Devils will make announcements uh, uh, with regards to the new assistant coaches for the Devils. They currently need two after Elaine Nazardine and Mark Recchi were both let go respectively after last season. Um, Madigan also spoke about, you know, the Jesper Bratt situation and talking about that's very fluid. And we'll talk about Jesper Bratt's status because we did get a really important update the day before the draft. So that's something that we will certainly talk about. Um, but again, just to kind of recap this whole thing, it's tremendous that the Devils have done, have done this and giving someone like Madigan an opportunity because of all the things she's done, of how active she has been trying to help the Devils as best as she possibly can, she definitely has earned the opportunity now to be that much more involved with the day-to-day -day operations. Now, I'm sure the next question for some of you, uh, and only some of you, because I think a lot of us tend to not know who usually the assistant general manager is, what does this mean for Dan McKinnon, who has been the assistant general manager of the New Jersey Devils since Tom Fitzgerald took over? Well, the reality is that Dan McKinnon is also an assistant general manager. So they have two at the moment with Kate Madigan and Dan McKinnon. Dan McKinnon is still an assistant GM and he is still the general manager of the Utica Comets. That is usually how it works in the NHL front office where the assistant general manager, while yes, very much the right wing man or woman to the general manager, they're also their own general manager working with the team's farm system, you know, in their minor league team in the AHL. Well, Madigan is going to be focusing 110% on the New Jersey Devils on the pro level. Dan McKinnon, while he will also focus on that to an extent, he will be continuing to focus on what his job was before, and that is being the general manager of the Utica Comets, helping out that team and putting them in the best position to succeed as well. So that is where it is. McKinnon was not fired. He was not removed. He remains an assistant general manager. The only difference now is that Kate Madigan is now an assistant general manager with the New Jersey Devils and will be working very closely in the pro side with GM Tom Fitzgerald. So once again, congratulations to Kate Madigan for becoming the first female assistant general manager in New Jersey Devils history and becoming the sixth uh, assistant general manager in National Hockey League history. And we look forward to her continuing her tremendous work and helping this Devils team get to its ultimate goal, which is, of course, to bring Lord Stanley back to the Garden State. So now shifting more away from it being specifically about the Devils and now talking about two players that the Devils had been rumored to be uh, potentially going after when it comes to big acquisitions and guys that could really take this team to the next level. And that's really where we are with these next two um, news things. So just three hours before the draft happened, there was, a, there was basically an announcement that came out that Alex DeBrinkett was definitely on his way to being traded. The question still was, where was DeBrinkett going to end up being dealt? And as long as no team was announced, you felt like from a Devils perspective that the Devils were probably in on this and that most likely the second overall pick was going to be involved. And unfortunately, from the Devils perspective, when the trade was finally announced, which 
Interesting, interestingly enough, it started with the Blackhawks Twitter account posting an eye emoji, which immediately you jump out and say, okay, trade's going to go down. It was announced that Alex DeBrickett had officially been traded to the Ottawa Senators. What did the Blackhawks get in return? Well, in exchange for Alex DeBrickett, the Blackhawks got the seventh overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the 39th selection in the 2022 NHL draft, and Ottawa's third-round pick in the 2024 draft. And so DeBrickett, with two years remaining, including this season on his contract before he gets free agency, will now travel to Ottawa to become a new member of the Ottawa Senators. Now, from the Senators' perspective, this is a phenomenal trade because you really didn't give up any. You gave up, obviously, the seventh overall pick, but you gave up some other picks which aren't really going to be necessarily that big of a deal moving forward. And you add a guy to a core that is slowly but surely building into something very special in Ottawa that could really be dangerous for a long time. Now, as far as trying to get a contract extension, you know, I think Ottawa might play the long game with this, see where everything goes. So may does Debrinket stay in Ottawa long term? That remains to be seen. He's only 24. And again, he has two years left on his deal moving forward. It's good for Chicago because then again, it, it helps continue to gain assets in the quote unquote rebuild, which also brings up the Patrick Kane rumors again. And a lot of people are speculating that Patrick Kane will not finish his career in Chicago, which makes a lot of sense. So that's something to keep in mind, especially because he will be an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2023. So at the end of this upcoming 22-23 season. Now, let's talk about it from the devil's perspective, because obviously that's what that's what you guys are here for. First and foremost, pretty disappointed to say to to, to put it bluntly that the devils could not make an offer that was better than that. I mean, quite frankly, if the devils had made that offer, including the second overall pick and got to break it, I think we would all been saying that is a Tom Fitzgerald masterclass. Like we would be building a statue of Tom Fitzgerald outside of Prudential Center to making a move like that. But the reality, I think, that ended up happening was simply this. Prior to the draft, I think the Devils still felt pretty good that there was a good chance they would still be able to draft uh, Uri Slavkovsky. And I don't think they wanted to move the second overall pick. They may have offered other packages, but the Blackhawks just weren't looking for it. And what's so interesting is that the Blackhawks had gotten offered from some team. I think it might've been the Flyers, but I don't think any team was actually reported that they got offered like a big top prospect, an NHL ready player and a couple of picks. And the Blackhawks said, no. So the question is, considering the deal that they ended up getting, did they screw themselves? Talk about the Blackhawks. Did they screw themselves to the point where once it got to this point, they just didn't have a lot of good options and they went with what they felt like was the best deal. I know from the Chicago perspective, nobody's really happy about it. And what's so funny, I don't know if you guys saw, but when the, um, when they, when the Blackhawks posted the trade on Instagram, he inst the official Instagram account of the city of Chicago put in their comment, put in the comment section, just L. They put an L in the comment section, which was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. I thought that was uh, some great, some great uh, banter there. But yeah, knowing that the Devils were rumored for Debrinket for a long time, and it just made a lot of sense fit-wise, guys an up-and-coming superstar in the league at just 24 years of age, a 30-plus goal scorer, with two years left on his deal, uh, it just made a lot of sense. Now, maybe because of the fact that he didn't have longer term on his contract, that Fitzgerald wasn't fully ready to pull the trigger, 
Maybe they also felt like that they, they weren't going to be able to convince to bring it long-term to stay here, which should be a red flag from the, from the standpoint of, shouldn't you feel confident that you can get guys to stay here long-term dot, 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 considering Jack Hughes, Nico Keisher, Dougie Hamilton, and then eventually Jesper Bratt. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, it is disappointing. But as I pointed out before, and I pointed it out when the got traded that there are a lot of other options out there. So let's not, let's not get too concerned. Let's put it that way. Now, kind of jumping around when it comes to dates. Um, then we got word on Saturday that uh, Philip Forsberg, who was again projected to be one of the top free agents, although I don't think any of us even really expected Forsberg to actually test free agency. It just seemed like it was a matter of when he was going to get a deal done with Nashville. Well, he finally did get a contract extension signed and confirmed with the Nashville Predators. It's an eight-year deal worth $68 million at an $8.5 million average annual value. So that's a very good deal for Philip Forsberg and obviously keeps him there long-term as the Predators try to figure out what they're going to do long-term when it comes to everything. I mean, they traded for uh, Ryan McDonough. I think they're still trying to win while also getting some of this young core that they've, they've uh, been drafting to go there. So I guess we'll see, but that's another, including to break it, Two more guys that the Devils were rumored with, although I don't think they were really rumored with Forsberg that much. They probably would have been if he had reached free agency. Um, but yeah, two more big names come off the board. Um, I know that Marc-Andre Fleury signed a two-year extension or just signed a new two-year deal with Minnesota. So he went off the boards. Uh, Alexander Georgiev got traded from the Rangers to the Colorado Avalanche, which pretty much guarantees that Darcy Kemper, despite winning a Stanley Cup, will be on his way to a new location this upcoming offseason. So, obviously, a lot of things the Devils that were rumored or could have potentially been involved in, they were not. And, uh, again, I can understand where people are coming from feeling nervous, but I want to, and I'm going to talk about this when we get to the free agency trade part of it, I want to talk about this a little bit more in depth because I want you guys to understand and not just think short-term, but also think, you know, long-term and, and different opportunities down the road. But yeah, yes, as I mentioned, the Brinkett traded from the Blackhawks to the Senators and Philip Forsberg signs a new eight-year extension with the Nashville Predators. Now, we get to the last major news and notes thing here of this first segment, and it involves Jesper Bratt, which I told you we were going to talk about. Now, uh, the day before the draft, which was last Wednesday, Fitzgerald spoke to the media, which was good because it's the first time we'd heard him since the season ended. And Fitzgerald said that the Devils, including himself, have offered Jesper Bratt a pretty big offer. And at this point, they're waiting for a response, or as Fitzgerald put it, a counteroffer. So right now, uh, it's pretty much on Jesper Bratt and his agent to make a decision. Do they throw a counteroffer? Or do they just sign the deal? We don't know what the deal is. We haven't heard anything. But this is the biggest news that we've gotten at this point with the Jesper Bratt situation. Now, just to give you guys a quick understanding, with um, the whole you know throwing out offer sheets and stuff, that ends up being allowed starting this upcoming Tuesday, the 12th. Again, I don't think it's going to happen that he's going to get offer sheeted. I think that a deal is going to get done. I just cannot tell you when it's going to happen. I, I just can't see a deal not happening. And I can't see, can't see Jesper Brad getting traded. Fitzgerald also did mention that 
where whatever the trade rumors that came out about the devils that put him up for trade at the deadline stuff were completely 100 false and have no idea where that came from so again just another one of the many rumors that came out that were completely false and i mean all you could do it really is kind of um wait on it so that's kind of a big thing um with the whole jesper brett situation so again we're still just kind of waiting and hoping and that's the best we can do now some other things that Fitzgerald were talking that talked about, you know, when he was speaking, when he spoke to the media. As far as trades, Fitzgerald did acknowledge that he spoke to the Minnesota Wild general manager and former New Jersey Devil Billy Guerin about the rights to forward Kevin Fiala prior to him being traded from Minnesota to the Kings. Though the both sides did not get very far. And that Fitzgerald uh, was quoted by saying this. Quote, we talked to Minnesota, they called us, Fitzgerald said. At the end of the day, and I think Billy Guerin admitted this, they were locked in with a certain team, the Los Angeles Kings, and they stayed locked in. That's the sense I got after I talked to him, that he was already down the road with another team. That's his priority, that's his team, that's his player. So by the time the Devil, it sounds like just based off of that, by the time the Devils were really, you know, thinking about moving moving for Fiala, um, Bill Guerin was already pretty close to getting a deal done with LA. So I don't know if maybe they just weren't, fully interested and i guess just based off of that it doesn't sound like it but yeah again that was just another guy that the devils were rumored for that they did not end up getting so there is that uh but gerald said the team has had other discussions with teams about certain players but declined to specify so all we could do is just as they say speculate as to what uh devils the devils uh were talking about or maybe they're still talking about at this very moment we shall see but that is pretty much the news and notes involving the Devils and guys that could have been potentially involved with the Devils. And uh, things are going to continue to ramp up in the next couple of days, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you buckle up. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we finally get to the main event of this episode. And that is who did the Devils take with the second overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft? Now, up until basically the beginning of the draft, I was fully 100% convinced that Uri Slavkovsky was going to was going to fall to number 2 that the Canadians would be crazy although both guys are super talented and Shane Wright and Slavkovsky they would be crazy not to take an elite franchise center because they need it so that was kind of the way I was hoping and yes I was at the draft party at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park which by the way you can actually go see a picture of myself on the Stone Ponies Instagram account. Um, I'm in a Devils reverse retro jersey with a backwards hat. So if you guys have never seen a picture of me, there's a good one for you. But I was there. Um, and I'll just say really quickly that I thought the the uh, the crowd was great. The amount of people that came out was phenomenal. I just think the way that it was presented and the way it was you know created, not the best. Not the best. Could have done better. Um, could have also still added the Prudential Center, which would have been fine. But I get the whole point about trying to get more people involved in the area that I'm from. So I give the Devils credit for that. But we got to the draft, and I guess the TV was behind because I looked at my phone, and Bob McKenzie of TSN, of TSN tweeted, it's Slavkovsky, and my heart dropped because I was like, please tell me that's wrong. But sure enough, with the first overall pick in the draft, the Montreal Canadiens selected Uri Slavkovsky, um, which was very disappointing to a lot of us, including myself. But then the next question was simply, well, what were the Devils going to do? 
Were they going to take the best player available in Shane Wright and just go with that? Were they going to trade down and allow someone else to take Shane Wright who might have needed more? Or were the Devils going to stay put and just take somebody that they really wanted? Well, they ended up doing the third option. And with the second overall pick in the 2022 NHL entry draft, the New Jersey Devils selected defenseman Simone Nemich from Slovakia, Europe Slavkovsky's best friend. And the reaction at the Stone Pony was mixed. Some people were like, all right, this is a really good player. This is a really good pick. Other people were upset from the standpoint of, one, we didn't get Slavkovsky, and two, I think people felt that we should have taken Shane Wright, and three, that if we wanted Nemec, Nemets, we would have traded down. But at the end of the day, the Devils wanted to get Nemets as their backup option, and they didn't want to take a chance on trading down and not getting him. So they went and got him at that moment. And that's where things got interesting with Shane Wright, because Again, the Devils didn't need a center. We all knew this. And he would be stuck on the third line if he played in the NHL right away, which is not the end of the world. But still, we didn't need it. And we're looking for a long-term partner on that blue line with Luke Hughes. And that's who we got in Simone Nemich. And he's the best defenseman in the draft. And a lot of people I spoke to feel that he could be one of, if not the best player overall long-term in this draft. And the Devils really, really did a good job of just taking Nemich when they had the opportunity. And for Shane Reich, he ended up dropping down to four to Seattle, which I think, by the way, is a perfect place. That one-two punch long-term of Matty Beneers and Shane Wright in Seattle for the Kraken is going to be awesome. So the, And the Kraken had a great draft in general. Shout out to them. But here's a quick um, description of Simone Nemich. The biggest thing for him is that he is a really, really good puck mover. And I think the Devils want to really harpen on the speed and puck moving and just, you know, creating themselves an opportunity to have the puck as much as possible. And again, this is the guy that I think will end up long-term being paired with Luke Hughes once they both make it to the NHL. So that is a really, really good thing. So yeah, after the whole disappointment of not getting Slavkovsky, I looked at it and I said, you know what? It's a really good pick. It's a really good pick, and I'm excited to see what Nemitz, uh, Nemetz can do long-term. I'm looking forward to it. And when Fitzgerald spoke to the media well after the fact that they drafted him, Fitzgerald it's, uh, said that it's pretty much almost a done deal that uh, Nemetz is going to sign his entry-level contract at some point this upcoming week, and he's actually going to be playing over in North America. This is something Nemetz said to the Devils and that he's made pretty publicly clear. So whether he plays in Utica or even somehow has a phenomenal training camp, it gets a shot with the Devils right away. He'll be over here in North America to start. He'll also be at the Devils development camp, which we will talk about in a little bit as well. So at the end of the day, as much as a lot of us are disappointed, we didn't get uh, Slavkovsky, as much as a lot of us are disappointed, we didn't even get Shane Wright. At the end of the day, when you take a moment to pause and think about who we drafted and what the ability that this guy has, we've just made our defensive core long-term way, way, way more talented on that back end. And we're creating, again, as people have put it, a monster in a positive way, a monster on the back end with all the assets that we have. So 
we ended up taking a really good player. And as we talked about before, the Devils situation with, with, with regards to their mock drafts and stuff on their draft board, the Mets might've been the second player, the second best player on their board. And that's who they ended up taking. Do I think they would have taken Slavkovsky if he was there at number two? Absolutely. But that just wasn't the situation. So you can't get mad at the Devils for not doing anything to get Slavkovsky. Even trading up would have been a lot to give up. And I don't think the Devils wanted to do that. So they just wanted to wait and see what happens. Uh, Montreal fans, I think you're going to end up being happy with Slavkovsky long term. Um, but I still think you should have gone with Shane Wright first and foremost. But this is also why... I am not an NHL GM, but I do want to say welcome to the New Jersey Devils, Mr. Simone Nemec of Slovakia. Now, let's quickly go through the rest of the Devils draft. So it was kind of, it was going to be really interesting to see where the Devils would go with regards to the rest of the draft. Full disclosure, we did not draft Jack Hughes or Elias Patterson in this draft. So let's just drop that right away, although that would have been pretty awesome. But in round two, 46th overall, the Devils got a steal in defenseman uh, Seamus Casey, a guy who is going to be a long-term player, but again, adds some more depth to the defensive side. In round number four, 102nd overall, the Devils selected goaltender Tyler Brennan, considered by some to be the best overall goalie in the draft, but certainly the Devils uh, ended up taking Brennan with him being the best North American goaltender in the draft. So for the second year in a row, with, well, the second time in three years, uh, the Devils took uh, the best North American goaltender in the draft. The last time it was Nico Dawes. Now, staying in round four, one of the 10th overall, the Devils selected defenseman Danil Orlov, who I also just found out signed a new four-year contract in the KHL. So is it a guy that probably will never play in the NHL? Probably, but... You know, we'll see. But that was just something. Uh, round Again, staying in round four, 126th overall, forward Peter Hauser, who I actually spoke to really quickly on Instagram. Guys, super, super excited. I spoke to um, Peter Hauser. I spoke to the next, um, another guy that I'll, I'll mention in a moment. And I also spoke to Seamus Casey. All three guys are super, super pumped um, to be with the New Jersey Devils. And I know that's obviously something you have to say, but they are. And Seamus Casey actually does have New Jersey roots um, as well, which is great. And uh, I, think his, uh, I think his family's from Jersey. So that's kind of like a really, really cool thing. So we kind of, you know, quote unquote, got a local um, player, more or less. But anyway. Uh, fifth round, 101st, 141st overall, Charlie Letty, another defenseman. Uh, round six, very interesting. My favorite pick of the Devils in this draft, other than uh, the Mets, was round six, 166th overall. We took Josh F uh, Philman, a forward from the Seattle, from um, from junior hockey. He was another guy that I, I um, talked to really briefly and said how pumped he was. This is a guy that in many people's uh, mock drafts considered to go way be way before the sixth round, and he fell very far. Not sure exactly why, but he's another guy that a lot of people consider to be a steal and a guy that could be like a sneaky guy that comes in to the devil's system and, you know, can, can make a lot of noise like a Jesper Brad, basically. And then in round seven, 198th overall, the devils wrapped up their draft by selecting defenseman Artem Barabosha from Russia. So 
there you go. So that is the Devils draft. Based off of a lot of the recaps that I saw from people, the Devils uh, are considered to have one of the better drafts of of teams in the NHL, considering the depth that they've they've acquired for defense, a little bit of forwards from uh, Philman and Hauser, and also just adding another really talented with a very high upside goaltender as well. So I think overall, the Devils did a really good job. I would give them a B plus to an A minus when it comes to just based off of the rankings and things like that. I think the Devils, once again, did a really good job. Now it's about waiting the next couple of years to see how these guys pan out. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is your official 2022 New Jersey Devils draft class. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and much more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions reply. See show notes for details. Now, the next thing I wanted to quickly discuss with you guys is the upcoming 2022 Devils development camp. Again, first time since 2019 that the Devils or really any team for them that matter is going to have an official Devils development camp, which will also be part of a, um, what do they call it? Like a development tournament up in Buffalo, which the Devils have done for a couple of years. So that is really, really exciting. So let's go through the roster really quickly uh, of who's going to be at the Devils development camp. Now, full disclosure, I am not at all sure if they're going to have an event, the Devils are going to have an event where, you know, the fans can come. Um, maybe we'll know more as the week goes on. But starting, I believe, to, uh, on Monday will be um, will be the start of the camp. So let's go with the forwards. Alexander Holtz, not a surprise. Tyce Thompson, Nolan Foote, Brian Halonen, who, if you guys remember, was uh, was signed in the middle of the season, went to Utica from Michigan Tech. Uh, Eunice Odin. Liam Devlin, Yarmir Pitlick, Garrett Benoit, Chase Stillman, Xavier uh, Parent or Perrant, uh, Samu Salmanen, Artem Schlein, uh, Nikola Pasic, Josh Philman, uh, Patrick Moynihan, Graham Clark, Connor McIrkin, uh, and Brody Crane. So those are the forwards that will be attending the Devils Development Camp. Now, defensemen, Devils' second overall pick, Simone Nemetz, uh, Trevor Russell, Cole McWard, Jared Gooley, and here's an interesting one, Philip Bratt. Now, why does that last name sound familiar? Well, ladies and gentlemen, Philip Bratt just happens to be the younger brother of Jesper Bratt. So the devil's keeping the family Bratt name within the organization and Bratt being a defenseman, he is going to be at the devil's development camp. 
So it'll be really interesting to see how he does, obviously, and what information if he has about maybe a potential Jesper Bragg contract extension. So we'll keep an eye on number 64 in the development camp. Uh, Seamus Casey, Ethan Edwards, Charlie Letty, uh, Michael Vukashevich, who, by the way, I believe just got married. So congratulations to him. Tobias Velen, Victor Herdig, and Case McCarthy. So those are the defensemen. And then finally, the goaltending. Akira Schmidt, Nico Dawes, both not surprising. Tyler Brennan, who the Devils just drafted. Cole Brady, got to watch out for. Isaac Poulter and Jakob Malik. And so that is the entire roster for the Devils' upcoming development camp, which again starts this upcoming Monday. So when you guys are listening to this, they will start and we'll see what these young prospects can, uh, can do and what type of show they can put on. So that is what we'll be looking for again starting on Monday. We'll see where it goes. Now, Another big thing that happened just before the start of the second to other rounds of the NHL draft that happened in the morning, just before, I think like maybe 20 minutes before the, the second round began um, for the draft, the Devils on their, on their uh, Twitter account posted eye emojis, which pretty much meant that a trade was happening. The question was, what was about to happen? Well, just before the start of round two of the draft, the Devils have acquired a brand new goaltender. The Devils acquire goaltender Vitek Vanacek and pick number 46 in the draft for picks 37 and 70 from the Washington Capitals. So the Devils found their new goaltender that is going to be partnering with Mackenzie Blackwood for the foreseeable future. And then we shall see what happens with regards to Jonathan Bernier once he's fully healthy. But Vanacek was a guy that a lot of us have talked about, about a potential option that the Devils could go after. We know that the Washington Capitals have uh, been constantly looking to try to move one of the two guys, whether it was Ilya Samsonov or Vitek Vanacek, and they ended up going with Vanacek. A lot of Capitals fans that I saw, not thrilled that Vanacek ended up being the one going. I think a lot of people were preferring that Samsonov was the one that went, but it was Vanacek. Now, let me give you a little bit of uh, some background about Vitek Vanacek. He's 26 years of age, has played in 79 games in the past two seasons with the Capitals, totaling a pretty good record of 41-22-10 with a 2.68 goals against average and a .908 save percentage with six shutouts. Very, very modest. Very modest. Vanacek, who has also appeared in three playoff games for the Capitals, has won 20 or more games in each of his first two NHL campaigns. And when Tom Fitzgerald spoke about Vanacek, he said he is pretty much content with going with Blackwood and Vanacek to start next season. And then once um, Jonathan Bernier is healthy, we'll go from there. So it looks like the Devils are now officially out of the goaltending market, although things can certainly change with guys like Jack Campbell and Darcy Kemper still available. And obviously there have been trade rumors with Mackenzie Blackwood, but nothing's concrete with that. But it looks like that it will be Vanacek and Blackwood going into 2022-23. Not something that makes you feel incredibly hopeful long-term, but at the same time, the Devils got to, you know, do what they got to do. He also, I believe, is a restricted free agent. So the Devils will be uh, looking to solidify a deal 
very, very soon, which I think they will. But Vanacek, who also, by the way, just got married, so congratulations to him, is now the newest goaltender for the New Jersey Devils. He'll be competing with Blackwood, a guy just like Blackwood who's trying to prove that he is a long-term starter. It should be really good competition, and we'll see what Vanacek can bring. He's a very solid net miner and is all right. So welcome to the New Jersey Devils, Vitek Vanacek. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to quickly give you a preview of free agency slash, you know, trades, so to speak, because trades can happen anytime. But again, this upcoming Thursday, uh, Wednesday, the 13th, will be the official start of the NHL free agency. And here are four guys, in my opinion, and I'm not saying the Devils need to get all these guys, but these are just different names you can throw out, um, that I think the Devils should certainly go after. The first and foremost in free agency, it has to be Johnny Gaudreau. At this moment, he still doesn't know what he wants to do. It looks like the Flyers may be pulling themselves out of the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes. So it may basically just come down to us and the Calgary Flames. The Flames said they feel pretty confident still they could get a deal done, although they are prepared to lose Johnny Gaudreau as well. They still have to sign Matthew Kachuk as well, which I do want to mention that the Devils had offered the second overall pick uh, along with other things, reportedly, to the Calgary Flames for Matthew Kachuk, and the Flames immediately said no. So that was clearly that was clearly obvious that the Flames have no intention of moving Matthew Kachuk, which may make it more likely that Kachuk does get the free agency and that the Devils would be in a prime position to give him what he wants, money-wise, and go from there. But yeah, Johnny Kachuk, for all the things we talked about before, really, really good option. Another guy I've mentioned... You know, two-time Stanley Cup champion, super, super clutch left winger Andre Palat, who I think you could get for a cheaper deal than what Gaudreau is getting, and a guy who could certainly bring in a veteran presence, playoff experience, championship experience to a young roster that could be very beneficial. Andre Burakovsky, a now new Stanley Cup champion who is definitely on his way out of Colorado, I think is a young guy that fills in with our core on the wings as well. I think he could be a really, really good signing for a deal that also, I don't think would be, would certainly wouldn't be as much as Johnny Gaudreau would be a good uh, backup option. I also like Nino Niederreiter, not for the money that he might be asking for, though. Again, another good veteran presence guy who could be a scrappy guy on our bottom six, even potentially at our top six as well, could bring some veteran presence. So Johnny Gaudreau, Andre Palat, Andre Burakovsky, and Nino Niederreiter are the four you know, free agents that I think the Devils should certainly look at once free agency begins. Now, let's talk about trades really quick. There's like five guys and a lot of, and all of them have been rumored with the Devils in one aspect or another. First and foremost, and again, full disclosure, if by some chance he is available, which according to Don Sweeney, the general manager of the Boston Bruins, they are beginning contract extension negotiations with, with this player. And we'll see where it goes with that. But if by some chance he's available, David Pasternak, for all the reasons that I put out before, a guy who is going to be a free agent in 2023 if he does not sign, which the Devils, you know, could potentially get him then. Um, but if he is available in trade, I think the Devils should 100%, unless they already get Johnny Gaudreau or somebody like that, then they probably wouldn't go after him. But it is an option. Another guy is JT Miller who I think his stock will start to drop once he re once the Canucks realize they won't get 100% what they're looking for with him. Another guy from Vancouver as well, Connor Garland, who I think could be, you know, obviously he's pretty expensive with the contract, but I think it actually be a pretty nice addition to this team. 
Matthew Kachuk, although the Devils just proved reportedly that the the that trading for Kachuk is probably not going to happen, and Jake Jake DeBrusque, who has yet to rescind his um, his trade request from Boston, so he still looks like he definitely wants out. Uh, I should also mention really quickly here, I didn't have him on my list, but Vladimir Tarasenko, who also has not rescinded his his uh, trade request, and obviously his value is going to be a lot more now than it was a year ago. But again, these are all options. Free agency and trade, the Devils can certainly go after. And I will say this, guys. Let me be very, very clear because I want I mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. If the Devils strike out on Johnny Gaudreau, right? If we don't get Johnny Gaudreau, if he goes and ends up resigning in Calgary, there are other options, A, that we can you know, implement at cheaper deals that could certainly help us this year. And B, looking at 2023, 2024, there are a lot big-time options with more cap space coming over the next two, three years because Fitzgerald's done a really good job of not locking us into bad contracts at all. It gives the Devils options to long-term. The Devils want to win, obviously. And I think even if you add a guy like a Pilata or Burakovsky or any of the lower tier trade guys that I mentioned, I still think that's a team, certainly with better goaltending, hopefully from Banachek and uh, Blackwood, this is a team that can compete. And you could see the, the, what used to be the top end, the top part of the, of the Metropolitan Division, those cores are starting to get very old and you know, are struggling a lot more. I think the Devils can still make a playoff spot and be a team that can get in the playoffs. And it's also about making this place a desirable place for good players. And I think that's what you have to do. So all of this just comes back to let's not go into a full panic mode if we don't end up with Johnny Gaudreau. If we end up signing some other guys and go from there and we rock with the roster that we have for the most part that we had last year with some additions and obviously adding goaltending, let's just go from there. And then just see what happens. Because as I always say, hockey's a magical, unpredictable sport. You never know what can happen. So let's just go with that. I'm not trying to sit here and say that Johnny Gaudreau to the Devils um, is definitely not happening. I'm just saying, let's not go absolutely bonkers if we don't get Johnny Gaudreau. So that's what I just wanted to say with that. But the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, is simply this. Free agency starts on Wednesday. Things are going to pick up, and they're going to pick up very fast. And the Devils are going to be very active. The only question is, who's going to end up being a New Jersey Devil with the next couple of days? We're going to find out very, very soon.